reads as follows. Tennessee Titans controlling owner Amy Adams Strunk informed John Robinson today that he has been relieved of his duties as general manager. Welcome into this special emergency version of the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, Director of Published Content at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT. So, who What a day. Howard <laughs> outlasting John Robinson on their bingo card, because I did not. Um, what a wild day. Of course, I don't have to explain why we're doing this podcast out of nowhere, there has been a significant move in the Titans front office. John Robinson had uh, has been relieved of his duties as of this morning, Tuesday morning. The statement that was given out by the Tennessee Titans reads as follows. Tennessee Titans controlling owner Adams, uh, Amy Adams Strunk informed John Robinson today that he has been relieved of his duties as general manager. Vice President of Player Personnel Ryan Cowden, who had been with the Titans, has been with the Titans for seven years, will lead player personnel for the remainder of the season. Preliminary work for a new general manager will begin shortly, and a comprehensive search will begin once the season is complete. The statement from Amy Adams Strunk reads as follows. Since becoming controlling owner in 2015, my goal has been to raise the standard for what is expected in all facets of our organization. I believe we have made significant progress both on and off the field through investments in leadership, personnel, and new ideas. This progress includes the core of our business, the football team itself, which is regularly evaluated both by results, wins and losses, and team construction slash roster building. I am proud of what we've accomplished in my eight seasons of ownership, but I believe there is more to be done and higher aspirations to be met. I want to thank John Robinson for his dedicated work to the, to set this organization on an upward trajectory, and I wish him and his family the best. Now, a, a lot to break down here. I'm not going to spend much time, JT. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about just how shocked and surprised we were because you're going to get that on every other program that you watch or listen to today. Of course, it's shocking. Of course, nobody saw this coming. However, there are a number of key things that have cropped up throughout the afternoon or thoughts that I've had or things that I think this tells us about this team and about where they're headed that I want to go over some things that I think you aren't going to get when you're listening to the local radio or other podcasts. First of all, Ryan Cowden, the new functional GM, he's not got a title change. He remains the vice president of player personnel, but he was John Robinson's secondhand man and he will assume the GM duties for the remainder of this season, he and Monty Ossenfort were guys, our guys on this Titans staff in the front office who for a couple of years now have gotten buzz in the offseason as potential new GM hires around the league. They both have taken meetings. They both have taken interviews and ultimately not gotten those jobs. But those are two guys, if you're looking at the Titans potentially elevating a guy, promoting a guy from within to be their new GM going forward that you probably want to have circled. There will also, by the way, be an article out on Broadway Sports Media later this week from, I believe, our friend Justin Mello talking about potential internal candidates that you'll definitely want to check out. The other guy that I think is on the board, I'm not nearly as strong on him potentially being the guy as many are. Um, Mike Herndon, I know, is really banging the table at, for the not wanting this guy to be the GM, but thinking this is a very real possibility that people need to consider it's stretch John Stryker. He's the right-hand man to John, uh, John, Mike Vrabel. He's the guy that in Mike Vrabel's acceptance speech last year for his coach of the year award, he thought he, he, he went up and he thanked his family. He thanked Amy Adams Strunk. He did not thank John Robinson, which in hindsight is an interesting prospect. He did, however, thank stretch who at the time, anybody listening who doesn't follow the Titans, and many who do follow the Titans were probably like, who is that? Who is he talking about? He said he couldn't do it without him and stretches his best friend. So it's an interesting thing. There also were quotes from articles a couple of years ago talking about, and this is quotes coming from people who are close to the Titans organization, close to Vrabel, close to stretch, talking about how the idea is eventually a, a relatively young guy and John Stryker wants to move over into the personnel side of things with the Titans team and he, the, the quote said, you just watch, and I'm paraphrasing, you just watch one day, Stretch will be an NFL GM. He's going to be a star in this league. 
which is fascinating and makes it completely fair, especially considering everybody expects John, uh, Mike, too many names, Mike Vrabel to have a significant say in who takes over as GM for the Titans. If he has a big say in this, I think stretch is very much on the table as a potential guy to fill that role. Now, will it be the right move for the Titans to hire from within? I need time to marinate on that, but my initial snap judgment today is they should absolutely look from without instead of within, or at least in addition to within, they should not keep their search insular and in-house, mainly because all of these guys that they would consider to promote from the interior, unless they promote stretch, who that would be one of the more shocking promotions in the league all off season. It would be, moving a guy who doesn't really have a super defined role. He just is doing things for Mike Vrabel and is his right-hand man and kind of a do-it-all guy around the team, taking him, moving him to the player personnel side, which is entirely different from what he's been doing, and then elevating him to the very top of the ladder. And he's also very young. He's not been in the, in the league for a ton of time. So that would be a surprising move. I think that any guy that they would consider to move up you know, he, they're going to have been tied directly to John Robinson's regime. They're, they're going to have been responsible or in part responsible for, or at least complicit in the moves that the Titans made, many of which didn't pan out and likely led to John Robinson getting fired in the first place. They're also relatively likely, I think, to, to share a philosophy that John Robinson had in terms of running a team and, and running personnel responsibilities that it sounds like the Titans, Amy Adams, Strunk, and Mike Vrabel want to get away from. So I think that looking outside for a guy to bring in would be wise, whether they do that or not. It wouldn't shock me at all if they go internally and they don't really, they may look at a guy on the outside, but it's not really a, a serious look that they give him. We'll just have to see. In terms of this firing, it's really fascinating. Amy Adams, Strunk has fired people that she loves before, and we know that she loved John Robinson, because she talked about it all the time for years about how her and Mike Vrabel and John Robinson all really liked each other. She ended up canning him today, and it's not really out of character for her if you think back on the fact that she openly loved Mike Malarkey and then fired him when she felt like they had reached his ceiling. The way that she's framed this, and we'll talk a little bit more about it with our friend Braden Gall, who was going to stop by and, and chat about this topic later in the show. We already recorded that before before I'm talking to you. So if I repeat anything, I apologize. She's done this before. And so I don't think it's that shocking that she's moving on from him. It's more shocking to me the timing. Ultimately, the 2020 and 2021 off seasons laid the foundation for this. The Titans, in terms of the people that they brought in, both in the free agent market and their draft cycles, those two years were really, really bad. They were horrible. Over the last three off-seasons, and this is a list, JT, comprised by Mike Herndon that I saw on Twitter earlier today, did a good job of pulling these things together. Over the last three off-seasons, John Robinson drafted Isaiah Wilson, 29th overall, drafted Darrington Evans, 93rd overall, drafted Caleb Farley, 22nd overall, drafted Dylan Radins, 53rd overall, traded a second and a fourth round pick for a wash Julio Jones, traded away A.J. Brown for draft capital, signed Bud Dupree to a huge contract he hasn't lived up to, signed Jadavian Clowney and Vic Beasley to big money deals, neither of which had an impact on this team, cut Roger Saffold without an adequate replacement for him. Mike even left out some on there, choosing to draft Des Fitzpatrick over Amon Ross St. Brown, um, choosing to trade away a fifth-round pick for Dennis Daly, who's the worst offensive lineman starting in the entire league right now. There are a number of things you can look back to, and this is not to slander John Robinson, because as we talk about with Braden later in the show, he did more good for this team in this franchise, much more good overall than he did bad. And ultimately, I think, and Braden agrees, that there's more to this than just them not being happy with his personnel decisions. Speaking of which, by the way, we, we talked about this a little bit with Braden, JT, about how we weren't sure that there may be Maybe a part of this decision by the Titans front office was, or by the ownership rather, was out of anger over the A.J. Brown situation, but not just that he traded away a great player, that potentially he traded away a great player without really consulting them. And like like magic, as soon as we get off 
of our discussion, our call with Braden, we see come across our Twitter timelines at almost four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Adam Schefter reporting on NFL Live, I believe, about him talking to people in the Titans front office and hearing that, and I'm paraphrasing, he didn't say explicitly that Amy Adams Strunk and the ownership was left out of the A.J. Brown discussions, but he did say explicitly that ownership wasn't very happy with how there were a number of decisions in, in, involving key personnel that the GM, John Robinson, didn't involve them in, that they were upset with how often he was making decisions without, without at, at the very least, informing them of his plans, if not consulting them on those plans. Now, whether or not a GM should be consulting with ownership over whether or not they should make a move is up to you personally. I, I think we agree, JT, that's a silly thing to do, and it's a very Jerry Jones way to operate. It's typically very dysfunctional, but it's fully within ownership's rights to be upset when your GM is making decisions, not on his own, but on his own without even telling you. When you're getting caught off guard by these decisions, that's something that shouldn't be happening. If that's something that was happening, then I can totally understand a big part of this being revolving around the fact that he moved on from AJ Brown and maybe Amy Adams Strunk and the ownership weren't super involved in that decision. It was reported and and sorry that this is kind of scatterbrained, but there's a lot of little details that I want to cover besides just going on and on about how surprising this is, because I've listened to a lot of different shows already today. And that's essentially what most of them have been just, Oh, I'm so surprised. Let's take calls. Let's hear reaction from Jim and green Hills. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to cover all of the facts available to us. So I've compiled them. And it's a little bit all over the board, but I think it's valuable to you, the listener. Aaron Wilson, who covers the NFL on Twitter, he tweeted out early on in the process that uh, the process of, of this news breaking today, that Mike Vrabel was expected to have significant power after the Titans dismissal of general manager John Robinson, according to league sources. Uh, the league source, I guess, was duh, because of course he's going to have more power. He's a, a top five coach in the league. JT, how many times have I said that on, on this show in the last the last three or four episodes? 40 at least how much power he has over that is, is an interesting conversation. And I think that that will bear itself out over the coming weeks. We'll see with this GM search, but even before then, I don't really think the GM search is going to begin in earnest until closer to the off season. I think JT, we're going to see just how much maybe John Robinson and Mike Vrabel disagreed on some of these personnel decisions based on whether or not you see some Titans personnel either cut waved, moved to the practice squad, moved up from the practice squad, signed off the street. If they start making moves at a higher rate than they had been, I think that'll be a pretty good indicator that, you know, maybe, maybe Cowden had different ideas in his head on how to run this team than John Robinson. But ultimately, if, if there's different decisions being made, I think that you can reasonably expect those to have, be coming from Vrabel, right? No, for sure. I think so. I mean, we had... A couple of things already happened today, even though right. Who's the guys that came across the, yeah, the super, wire super already. minor um, today? But I mean, that is a, a couple of guys that you wouldn't expect to see maybe being moved up and down a squad. But now with the the recent change, you're, you're seeing some of that movement. I expect more of it to come. Can you, by the way, pull up those couple of guys at the Titans? Yeah, for sure. Moved. I think. One of them I, was I Carter for sure. I yes, one was Tory Carter, the fullback who'd been a starter for this team, had been on the active roster for most much of the year. And then was it Sam O, I believe, yes. the pass rusher? Yeah. So Sam O also released. He played for the Titans last week and a couple of weeks this this year. He's already played for them. That's I mean, those are the kinds of moves where you see guys that have been on the active roster for a lot of the year suddenly not even move to the practice squad, just cut, waved, whatever that's a good indicator that there was some internal disagreement on some of these personnel decisions. And ultimately the guy in charge of personnel, the GM, John Robinson was having the final say. And now that Mike Vrabel has not full GM power, but he definitely has more say in that department over who to and not to have on the roster. There was some disagreement there. That's a good indicator of that. I think that this move only solidifies the idea that Mike Vrabel is going nowhere which again, my source on that is duh, because we, we talked about this at, at length the other day. He's under contract for like four more years, I believe. He he has a job that he loves in a city that he loves with his family. He he works for an owner that he loves. And now he's just getting more and more power and, and something just as valuable to people in life, as everyone should know, as money, 
is the ability to have power over their situation. And so he continues to accumulate that power and deservingly so. He's one of the best doing it in the league. Another interesting element of this is just in hindsight, JT, there's been a couple of things and I'm going to write an article later today, hopefully by this evening, I'll have up have up on broadwaysportsmedia.com talking about all the different tidbits, many of which we're covering in today's show, just the, the, the collection of thoughts and information that we've gathered from this move, as well as what I think this move tells us about this team going forward. A number of those things include looking back on some quotes in the past couple of weeks and months from the Kansas City week back in week nine or whenever it was for the Titans at the beginning of November. So about a month ago, the Titans uh, head coach, Mike Vrabel was asked after the game, I believe by Ed Werder, because he's the one who tweeted it out. If it was somebody else, I apologize. Vrabel said that when asked about the sustainability of Derrick Henry taking 26 plus carries every game, he said, quote, we've been able to use him and he's helped us win a lot of games since I've been here. I don't know what else we would do. Throw it 50 times. I mean, who the bleep would we throw it to? This is coming on either the heels or before. And I, I couldn't get to the bottom of when this quote was. I believe it happened after the game. So mm-hmm. it would be coming on the heels of the Titans. If you remember back, their wide receiver core in that game had a record-breaking bad day. They had zero yards from the receiving core. Zero catches, I believe, even if I my memory serves me. So there, there are some some signs in the past of cracks in John Robinson and Mike Vrabel's relationship, or at the very least Mike Vrabel's belief in the personnel that John Robinson had provided him with. It's important to note, by the way, that both John Robinson and Mike Vrabel just signed extensions this past spring. Uh, Tom Pelissero tweeted out that his understanding is that Titans brass wasn't happy with the direction of the roster assembled by John Robinson, blah, blah, blah. They decided to make a change. He was under contract and, through the 2027 draft and walks away with another four years of pay. So Amy Adams Strunk, not afraid of paying to get out of contracts. This is, I believe, the third. I know she did it with Wizen Hunt, and then she did it with Malarkey, and now she's going to do it with John Robinson. She's going to pay the next four years, even though less than 11 months ago, she just signed this guy to an extension. And this is the most one of the most interesting elements of this, JT. How do you go from deciding to extend somebody for five years in February or March and wanting them to be around and operate your team from the very top to 10 or 11 months later, being so fed up with them that you tell them to hit the road and make them unemployed. That's a dramatic shift. It's a very big shift, but I think you can look a lot of it is that how significant this draft was and whether the Adam Schefter report is as real and pressing as as people are making it out on Twitter to say it is. I mean, it, it, it is to note that that contract did get re-signed before this draft even before happened. Draft. Yeah, that's right. Um, so whether, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that because of this draft, I mean, I could see the react the relationship between them changing super drastically when you get rid of your superstar uh, playmaker on offense, yep. at least one of them. And then mm-hmm. you see what happens in the games where you're playing other teams who have these superstars and playing them. You can't compete. And if if Amy wants a, a team to go forward where they're valuing that maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think I think it's a good time. Not to mention, um, I don't know how much this has to play into it, but you, I mean, you could see over uh, on Twitter this week, there was a couple clips of like, Eagles fans blatantly just yelling and just laughing at the owner's box after AJ AJ Brown just absolutely lit them up. I mean, I I think that's a very personal stance to take if she used that as something to go over the line. But you got to think that she's thinking that maybe some of these fans are right. And yeah, we kind of gave away this guy and that's not the – direction we want to take this team well and if it's true that she wasn't consulted that's just salt in the wound right because she can be sitting there thinking yeah i know it was a mistake to trade away this franchise player also i didn't make that mistake so it's even more painful because i'm i agree with you all making fun of me that it was a stupid decision i don't think it's stupid in hindsight and i made it i didn't make it we don't know if that's true and and ultimately that eagles game last weekend was a total microcosm and it was we talked about it after the game 
of all of the things that John Robinson had fallen short of, despite all of his positives that he brought in the GM role and how well he had done for the Titans as a GM, his shortcomings accumulated in this perfect storm, horrible storm for John Robinson this past weekend. You saw the, the guy they trade away in AJ Brown light them up. It's not really fair that Traylon Burks didn't get to play the majority of the game, but it's the way it's just the way that the cookie crumbles. You saw the offensive line get slaughtered and, and be just untenable. And that's a, a big part of that has been the misses from John Robinson. It, it was a lot that had gone wrong in that game that you could, th these seven different things that went wrong, you could tie them all directly back to John Robinson. And it was just a bad look. Now Titans fans should hope that this weekend's result had as little to do with this firing as possible. Because as we talk about with Braden in a couple of minutes, that would be the dumbest decision ever to let one game, one grudge match against a former player inform your decision to fire your GM who'd been winning and had never had a losing season and was about to go back to the playoffs for the third straight season, a uh, fourth straight season rather. So that's something that I think we'll maybe find out more about in the coming days. A couple of other little things, and just to wrap that up with a bow, whatever ended up happening, clearly John Robinson's favor with ownership went from really great in February to very terrible extremely quickly. And I think figuring out what happened between that extension and this firing, those 10 or 11 months will be key to us figuring out just what went wrong here. Another element of this move that I think we can say with certainty now, frankly, is that Jeffrey Simmons is going to get the bag and remain with the Titans. It's a tangential point, but I think it's a valid one there without a shadow of a doubt. He's going to remain with the Titans for the foreseeable future, just because whoever the new guy ends up being, he's not going to be blind. He just saw what happened to John Robinson in at least partly partly responsible for his firing the fact that he moved on from a franchise playmaker like AJ Brown he's going to see that and then definitely not make the same mistake with his first major move in his tenure he's going to have the responsibility of figuring out these guys to resign this draft class of Nate Davis and Jeffrey Simmons and Amani Hooker and all of these guys David Long Jr who need resigning with Simmons being at the very top of that and being the most expensive of those guys and being the guy that I think the fan base would be the most upset about letting walk. He's not going to make that same mistake that John Robinson did, whether right or wrong, whatever, whatever they end up paying Jeffrey Simmons, it may ultimately be the wrong decision, but he won't be the one to take a gamble on letting him walk after what he just saw happen to John Robinson in relation to what he did with AJ Brown. So that's something that I guess Titans fans can look at as a positive that Jeffrey Simmons is definitely staying around. The biggest question in all of this JT is the timing of it, right? Not that it did happen. I think that based on how the season was going, it wouldn't have been shocking if Robinson was let go in the off season, but the timing of it right now with week 14 on the horizon and five games left to play, why why do this now? What good does it do? And we, we talk about this with Braden in a second, so I won't repeat myself. But something that I think is, is fair to point out is when you ask what good does this do to make the decision now, my initial counter is what bad can it do? I don't see this being a move that can hurt the Titans this season in any significant way. I, I think that they just get ahead of the head coaching or the, uh, the, the uh, GM recruiting hiring cycle. And, and so that's a, a good thing. You're first in line. Um, it also allows you to sync up your new guy with the scouting cycle. We talk about that with Braden, but the other thing here is just how much do we think this is going to impact the Titans this season? And ultimately I think anybody that tells you it's going to have a significant impact on them is wrong. I put out a poll earlier today, JT on Twitter, asking how will the firing of John Robinson impact the Titans locker room? Um, the options were negatively, positively, or it won't impact them. Only 12% of people at the time of us recording this out of 500 votes said that they, they thought it would affect the locker room negatively. Half of you, about 42% said it would affect them positively, which I don't know how that exactly would happen. Cause I don't, there's nothing to indicate that, that the, the locker room had any disdain for John Robinson. This won't be a thing where you see a, a, a head coaching uh, firing bump from teams that, you know, fire their head coach in their first 
game under the new guy really show out for him. That's not going to be a thing with this uh, firing of John Robinson. You don't see that with GMs really at all. The majority of people, 45% said that it wouldn't impact the locker room. And ultimately, I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think it's going to change much at all in terms of how this team operates this year. If anything, in the short to midterm, what it's going to impact in this 2022 season for the Titans Maybe nothing, but at at most, it will impact just who they bring in personnel-wise if Mike Vrabel has more say, which we believe he will, over who the Titans bring in. And you might see some churn at positions that hadn't been churning before. Left tackle is the first that comes to mind. Perhaps they start bringing in a number of different options. They go and they look for the best left tackle option on practice squads out there and try to sign them away or, or put in a waiver claim for somebody that's out there just to see if they can get somebody in the room who's better than Dennis Daly. So there's a ton, a ton, a ton to unwrap here. Let's get into JT, our conversation with Braden here in just a moment before we do. And that'll be the last part of today's episode before we leave you for uh, the next couple of days. We'll be back on Friday as usual. I just got to point out all of our important details here. Most importantly, it's a video show on YouTube, this show. You got to go and check out the YouTube Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Go subscribe to Broadway Sports Media, and then you can get the video version of this show, see our pretty faces and all of our great graphics. You can also get other video versions of our shows at broadwaysportsmedia.com on there, so go and do that. If you are a business owner in the area that is interested in potentially advertising with Broadway Sports Media, please reach out to us via email or social media. We'd love to have a conversation with you on how to get your product advertised in front of our thousands of listeners and and viewers on our website each and every day, as well as our hundreds of thousands of listeners and viewers on social media. That being said, I think I've covered all the things I need to cover. Let's get to our conversation on John Robinson with owner of 440 Sports Media Group. It's Braden Gall. All right, let's welcome in friend of the show, uh, part owner of the show, technically owner of 440 Sports, Braden Gall. Welcome back to the show. It's been a little bit since we've had you on. We, we had such a slow news day today. We figured we'd fill in some time <laughs> with an old friend. Um, no, of course, we're talking about John Robinson and the Titans making one of the most surprising moves. Um, I, I guess the most surprising move that they've made since John Robinson traded away A.J. Brown on draft night in the spring. Uh, I wanted to talk to you specifically about one element of this move, but I first wanted to get your 10,000 foot view. What's your take on this this decision by the Titans? Yeah, that's a that's a loaded one there, Easton. Um, good to be with you guys. I think shocked is is pretty fair, I think. People in and around the, the team are pretty shocked by this. I think media is pretty shocked by this. I think the fans are pretty shocked by this. I think the only people that are not shocked by this are this are like the 8% of Twitter that of Titans Twitter that was, you know, angling for him to be fired because he made one bad first round draft pick like four years ago. Yes. Um, I think they're the only people that are not surprised by this. I, to me, this is all about calculated risk by Amy Adams Strunk. He, she thinks they can win more, that they can do better. And if you're going to make a move like this, which, to me, the timing is the most interesting part. It makes absolutely no sense to do it at this point of the season. I don't think it buys you anything unless there's maybe a deeper story here, which I think we'll get into. Um, I, it just was pretty shocking. I mean, again, this team was an afterthought in every sense of the word to the NFL world, to the media, to the fans, to the people that watch the game. They were 5-27. and 27. They were irrelevant. And they had a coach that nobody, nobody liked ever. Um, and he was brought in and all he did, and I saw, and like, I, I, I did radio shows with like Rashad Johnson and Ben Jones and Rashad Matthews. And a lot of those guys on those first couple of teams that John Robinson put together, yep. those, those rosters were pathetic, <laughs> really bad. And for him to have rebuilt completely overhauled the roster, DeMarco Murray trade, trading the number one pick drafting Derrick Henry and Kevin Byard. And like, you can go on and on down the list. The reason they have seven straight winning seasons, the reason Mike Vrabel is the head coach. The reason they went to the AFC championship game, the reason they've won the division and they're the defending number one seed. The one person who's had more influence on that on anybody else, including Mike Vrabel, is John Robinson. So clearly this is a huge risk. They think they they are shooting for a very tiny target above John Robinson with the next hire for this position. This is like the, the, the margin for error on hitting the bullseye above John Robinson is very, very small. And they're saying we can do it. And if they can do it and they think they can, awesome. Go for it. I, I, I wish them the best of luck and, and hopefully they, they do it. 
statistically, what's the probability that they find a better general manager than John Robinson? Statistically, that's a pretty low probability. Maybe they can do it. I'm okay with an owner saying she wants to win or an owner saying the, the, the stakes are high and that the pressure to win is high and that the fans demand excellence. I'm good with all of that. Um, I'm just not sure why in week 14, somebody else is better than John Robinson right now currently. That's all. Well, and that's an interesting element of this. How much of this move has to do with um, ownership feeling like they need to move on from John Robinson? Punish is the wrong word, but that's the best word I'm coming up with right now, kind of as a punishment for the misses that he's had all kind of matriculating into what this Titans team is struggling with right now. And that was kind of on display in Philadelphia this past weekend, a, a brutal microcosm for John Robinson and, and ultimately, I think that it's impossible to look at this move and the timing of this move and not think, you know, Amy Adams Strunk comes out and is talking about how she's essentially trying to frame John Robinson as the Mike Malarkey of this team in the sense that she sees him as the guy who took them from irrelevance to relevance. But she thinks that now they've reached their ceiling and she's moving on and trying to do bigger and better. And if that's her framing, that's great. It's a good PR spin. Maybe she really believes that. Maybe it's what they will really do to your point easier said than done you can't help but look at this in the timing however and think this isn't entirely thinking you've reached the ceiling with the guy you like and you're just moving on because you think you can do better it's it's because you got to move on from a guy who's ticked you off because the guy he traded away who was a franchise player dunked on you twice this past weekend uh, so and i i know that everything sort of like created this perfect storm of things that were happening right like with the aj brown stuff and you know, like the, the first round the draft picks, line. the offensive line, like you could point to like the, if, if Amy Adams strunk, I'll just say, put it this way. If Amy Adams strunk fired John Robinson because of this weekend, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Agreed. And she is not, she is not prone to dumb things. No, I don't she think is, that's what she did. I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but it, there's no way sure. there was no thought in her mind before this weekend. Right. We might need to right. move on. And then suddenly this one game changed her mind entirely. That's, that's I, not how she operates. Again, we'll get to the timing. It doesn't make any sense to me. <sighs> to me, that means there's layers here that we have yet to sort of fully flesh out. Um, I, I think the malarkey comparison on her part is totally inaccurate, honestly. And again, I love Amy Adams Strunk. I think she's been... No, I agree, but I think that's how she's trying to frame it, don't you? Right. Yeah, I think everybody's going to frame it that way. The difference is Mike Malarkey was a retread who was a proven commodity. Yes. Uh, not necessarily a good one. Like, he, we knew exactly what Mike Malarkey was. We knew he was a transitionary piece. We knew he was going to just kind of fill the role from garbage to whatever was coming next. And even after losing, even after winning a playoff game, that's why everyone was so startled. But, well, no, there's more upside. The difference is we knew exactly what Mike Malarkey was as a head coach. Yep. No one ever believed that he was a Super Bowl caliber coach. I don't, we, we don't know exactly. John Robinson is responsible for getting the Titans to this point. I don't, I don't put him in the same boat as like, well, he'd been a GM three other times and we'd already seen him fail. And like, he, he's good at building a roster, but he's not great at, you know, getting him to the next level or like there's none of that on the resume. So again, I'm not saying that the move shouldn't have been made. I'm saying it is an extraordinarily risky move to get rid of the guy who is the most responsible for your success as an NFL owner. And I, to me, and, and, and we, this time of the year, I think you're right. The Eagles game was like a microcosm of all the issues in their heads in that facility. But to me, it says that there is another layer here that I'm assuming involves the head coach that we can get to if you want to. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, that, that's exactly right. If they had, if things had gone differently in Philadelphia this past weekend, if they had found a way to win that game, there's, there's just no chance that that move is made now, even like we think she had this in her head already. She probably in the past couple of weeks, the past month or so had it in her head that, you know what, this will be probably the last season with John Robinson and in the, in the off season, we'll move on. Um, it, I think that ultimately this may have been the catalyst to make that decision. However, I think that it's being over overlooked by many. And I think Mike Herndon was the first person I saw point this out on Twitter. It really, in terms of moving on from a GM, now is the time to do it just because of the way that the scouting process works in the off season. It's a lot easier um, with, with a full college season of tape with all of these prospects now available the busy time of year for front offices in the NFL begins now. And so really, if you think about it, now is the time. If you're going to start over, if you're going to change who's in charge, if you're going to shuffle roles and responsibilities, if you're going to change up the system that you have as a team for going through the scouting process, 
now is a much easier time than in February. If in fact the move is tied to the end of the college football season, then I then then say that. Like there's right. nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with just saying, like, look, the college football scouting, we've collected all the tape. All of our team, all of our scouting personnel department has been out on campus, you know, all across the country scouting these players all season long. John Robinson does a lot of scouting himself, but he's not obviously at every single practice and every single game going to every single thing. Like he's got regional scouts like everybody else does. So I, while I get that part of it, but why not just say like, Hey, this is a critical time of the year for the front office to be evaluating the next, next waves and the next steps. Like, I think what's more important is what they could actually do to their roster currently, which again, is just kind of churn the, the bottom four or five pieces or whatever, but we've seen them do that quite well in certain positions but and, not as, and yeah. not as well in other positions. I just don't know why you wouldn't go to battle like four, five games to go, three game lead in the division. I get your point about the, the scouting calendar, but if you if you already sort of know, especially if you're going to hire from within, if you already know that these guys are kind of be like they're going to be up to speed on all this stuff, like they're not going to need any time, you know, to to jump in and understand what John Robinson's flowchart looked like, or or reorganize the flowchart, right. or reorganize the big board, or reprioritize certain prospects. If that's the case, just say, look, we've reached a critical point in the scouting year. This is the right time for us to do it. Like. To me, this 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 reeks of something else uh, again. Exactly. Like, well, and Brayden, yeah. let me let me clarify my my point in saying that is that they they may very well come out and eventually, you know, it may it may not be until next spring when when media gets to talk to Amy Adams Strunk. She may list that as a reason or the reason. Um, but I I I need to clarify in saying that I don't I won't believe her if she says that is the main reason simply because. While it is true, and I think it conveniently works, um, and may have played a part in this the decision, like why not right. now? You know, if she was if if she was, you know, at the breaking point this past weekend in Philadelphia was the straw that broke the camel's back, and she was looking for more, looking for reasons not to go ahead and can him, and 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 she she thinks well might as well now anyways because it, it will work out anyways in terms of our scouting process. I think that just kind of is a puzzle piece that fits in with why they made yeah. the, the decision. I, but there's, there's no way that this past weekend and the past two weeks hasn't played a role in this decision. Oh, of course. But if you're, again, this goes, this is all tied up together. That's about PR then at that point, you, you're yes. just looking for the best time. That's going to, that, 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 that the, the fans will be most receptive to the message. Like, Oh, we've, we've struggled really badly. The personnel is struggling. If Trey, if Trey Lumberg doesn't get hurt and has eight catches for 122 yards and two touchdowns, even though they yep. lose, are we still are we having this conversation? Because the fans would then be like, "No, look how great the trade was." So I, I just, uh, to me, it is if if it is a long term, big picture decision by the ownership, which is hopefully what what it was, and not a short sighted, quick twitch reaction to to two bad games. If that's what it was, then it doesn't make any sense to do it now. It, unless unless somebody inside the building thinks they have legitimately a better chance to win today because he's not there. And to me, there's only one person that that could be, and that is the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And so if, right. if Mike Vrabel and John Robinson are disagreeing on things and there is a power struggle for decision-making in the short term, moving on from John Robinson to allow Mike Vrabel to make more decisions about the personnel in the moment is maybe what Mike Vrabel thinks is again all this is hypothetical. Yeah, but but there is, like what gives us the best chance to win today? Well, and, and ultimately, Mike... Braden, I don't think we can discount best case scenario, and I don't think we can discount this in that that what you just mentioned, by the way, whether or not there was a power struggle in that building, that will be something that's talked about for who knows how long. The first, it's the first question I would I would ask if I yes. was at a, it's like you know who. I don't. I haven't thought about it enough. I need to really sit down and like think about what the exact right. wording of the question would be to make sure it's open ended and and get mm -hmm. the right emotion re emotional response. But and even uh, then, knowing Mike Vrabel, you're probably not no. He would he would want. never answer like, "Hey, uh, why why do you think you give the team a better chance to win than John Ryan? You know, like he's not going to answer that. <laughs> right? But it's frame. It's Adam Strunk. The question yes. is frame Adam Strunk. Is what is it about the timing of this move that you feel is best for your organization? Is well, maybe, and, is maybe and, how I'd word it. And the best case scenario that that I don't think we can rule out is perhaps this was something that ownership was already looking to do. Perhaps something internally or just 
there was a relationship breakdown. They they didn't like the the power struggle that was going on behind the scenes that we weren't aware of. Whatever it may be, there's a chance that ownership was already looking for a reason or a, a reason to be able to do this, or maybe not a reason, but uh, an opportunity to do it, right? And so maybe they saw this as Titans just got beat by two contenders. It's an all time low for them this season outside of the Bills' loss. It, it this game kind of worked out perfectly to be able to point at, look at all these things that went wrong in the game and how you can tie them all directly to John Robinson. Maybe their thinking was this yeah, will be PR. much, yeah. be, much better received now than at the end of the year after they definitely get to the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game. Maybe their yeah. thinking is, well, if they go and they get to play new England in the first round and win, and they get knocked out in the divisional round by a better team than them, it may not be nearly as well received yeah. if you fire John Robinson in February than if you do now. Hypothetical. Let's go down. The, the, the the tough part about this for Titans fans is that no matter which one of these paths you go down, it does not really give you a ton of confidence. Like yeah. that, that's the problem. Like, okay, let's say it's let's say it's the straw that broke the camel back, and and they were going to fire him, and they wanted to make a move in the off season. Well, then you should have had the stones to do it then. Yeah. If if it's a power struggle, they, they the, extended him in the off season. So clearly, the relationship the relationship deteriorated so so right. quickly. Because in this one calendar year, in the span of 10 months, they went from giving him a five-plus-year extension to telling him to hit the road. Yeah, and, and so if it is a power struggle behind the scenes, that's a concern. It, it, like, there's there's no way... I, I, what I think is interesting is sort of the analysis of John Robinson's tenure. I think that's a really actually very interesting thing to do. And, and it's impossible to look at this team and what they've accomplished over a seven year period of time and give anybody else any credit other than Vrabel, really Vrabel and Robinson, but Robinson is, was pre Vrabel and responsible for Vrabel. So yes, I, I think you have to like this all, every single, if you put together the, the 10 biggest moves that have created Titan success over the last seven years, every single one of them is John Robinson's brainchild trading for Ryan Tannehill and getting the dolphins to pay for half of it. Trading, mm -hmm. trading the number one pick to then end up with Derrick Henry and Jack Conklin and Kevin Byard, tra you know, trading for DeMarco Murray for nothing. Uh, I mean, you can go down the list of things. That, that, yes, there's some busts, as there are with every free agent signing class and every draft class. But the entire roster right now is loaded with people that John Robinson put together for Mike Vrabel. It doesn't mean that they couldn't be better. It doesn't mean that they're making the risky move to go hire somebody else. But don't tell me it's he's been he's done a bad job. This was this team was five and twenty seven when he took over, and so yes, the, well, no matter which that's one of why these... I, that's why I think that there it's it is so much deeper than yeah. than look at this roster he's built right now. It's not good. Let's let's get rid of him. There was there was a much more significant reason, whether it was a power struggle yeah. or a, a philosophy issue that they just didn't see things eye to eye, the ownership and the coach and the GM. There was something there that had to do more than with, oh, the, the roster right now just isn't cutting it. And, and if you want to point to moments in time where you think maybe that relationship soured or John Robinson's ability began to deteriorate or you know pick a thing that you might use as like a reason to move on from him, if you want to say the 2019 AFC Championship game, which, by the way, came out of nowhere because John Robinson went and acquired Ryan Tannehill. Correct. Um, like, that's the reason they accomplished that. Well, if that's the turning point and he hasn't been able to sustain since then because some of his draft picks have been questionable since then, that's fine. But then you have to explain to me why the team continued to get better every year and why they were the one seed last year. If it's if it's if he's not able to sustain from last year, then you're talking about a 12-game sample size filled with a bunch of injuries, and you're saying that's that's the reason he's not good enough? Like, I want to know why he wasn't good enough, and what are you shooting for above him? That may, that may Like, explain to me what it is we're missing that you're looking for. And if it's personnel, that's fine. Just say the personnel has gone downhill exactly. for a couple yeah. of years. Well, and, and, he, and clearly the, 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 the idea from ownership is – the explanation as to why the Titans continue to be successful since the AFC championship game, despite some misses on personnel, their, their declaration or maybe gamble with this move is we think from that point on, it was the Mike Vrabel show and he was the one elevating this team despite John Robinson, not in tandem with him. I think it's, what's interesting is I can agree that his personnel decision-making like his, like his hit rate began to go down around 2019. But I can also point to a lot of really critical and important pieces that are on the team because of, of because of decision-making in the front office since that game. 
Sure. Like you could look at draft classes. You could look at Danico Autry. You could look at re-signing Harold Landry, although that didn't work out this year. I, I mean, again, AJ Brown, I, the truth, I hope that this all doesn't come down to a trade of a receiver. Like that's what I hope I, that, that to me would be so short-sighted. Is AJ Brown a difference maker? Is he a different level player than they've ever had at that position? Of course he is. Did Mike well, Rabel, I, I, Mike Rabel was visibly upset that he was traded on. Draft. I was about to say like, the I only, the it. only way it's not short-sighted and sorry to interrupt you is if, John Robinson had maybe he shortchanged in the negotiations with AJ's agent and or made the made the deal with Philadelphia without consulting with ownership. In that case, I can understand them being significantly okay. miffed by your GM moving on a franchise cornerstone player without consulting you. But that's the only reason why that wouldn't be a, a dramatic overreaction. Now, so I just pulled this up just to quickly have it in front of me just so that I could have it to be to be accurate. I mean, no one's arguing that that Isaiah Wilson was a good pick. Okay. No one's arguing that. No one's arguing Caleb Farley was a good pick. Dylan Radens hasn't worked out. But Christian Fulton was in the 2020 draft class. You've got Elijah Molden in the 2020 draft class, Rashad Weaver in the 2021 draft class. And then this year's past draft class looks very good and very, very productive. Good. Yeah. On top of that, you bring in Bud Dupree and Danico Autry. Um, and again, Nate Davis has developed into a star. Jeffrey Simmons has turned into one of the best players in the, in the world at his position. So while you can say, Hey, look, you slowed down on your hit rate and you need to be better in the first round. That's a concern. I'm fine with that criticism. Like I don't have any problem with that. Right. But, but at the end of the day, like <laughs> I, I guess I, something at the all point is there's it. more to it than the personnel. There has I to think be. there has to be, if not what you are shooting for, and maybe this is okay. John Robinson got you 90% of the way there. You are shooting for that 10%. And if you're yep. going to hire somebody and you're shooting for that 10% above John Robinson, A, that's extremely difficult, and B, good luck. Best and, of luck, yeah. And that's, that's a hard thing to do, man. I, I, the Georgia Here's a good comparison for fans out there that know SEC football. Firing Mark Richt to hire Kirby Smart is what the Titans are doing. Mm-hmm. Mark Rick finished with 10 wins and top 10 recruiting classes every single year. The margin above him was very, very small and they hit it with Kirby smart who recruited top five classes and won 12 games a year. And that is the, that's the bullseye they're going for above. Which John makes Robinson. you wonder if this, this Titans team has somebody already in mind. Maybe they already have somebody that they're keying in on. Maybe they don't. There, there's a, there's so many different possibilities with this because there are 17,000 different questions. We don't have the answer to yet. And we in may never get house. the answer to them in-house is that that's comes, that's where you're putting your money right now if it comes from in-house then i feel like we understand and we know what happened yep. a little bit more about where people's uh pressures were coming from let's say yeah well before we get you out of here i have one more question for you and this will probably become a discussion in and of itself we've seen from this titans team a not a power struggle but a back and forth between the people who make the decisions in the building and fans who support the team financially and follow the team for a couple years. Now there has been outcries regularly from fans calling for better from the coaching, better coaching on the defense. First, when you saw Shane Bowen have a really bad squad in 2020. And then in the off season discussion with coaches and, and the GM and ownership, their their point is, you know, we're going to hang on to Shane Bowen. We believe a lot of our defensive shortcomings this season were a result of personnel, not the coaching. And they bet on the per- they bet on their themselves and the coach's ability, and and they challenged the people in charge of personnel to give them better tools. And ultimately, it ended up working out in their favor. They they made a dramatic leap, and now Shane Bowen is seen as a good defensive coordinator. This is yet another example of this Titans team betting on the people that they have running the show and blaming their shortcomings on the personnel available to them. Yeah. Agree I or think, disagree? Um, to some degree. Yeah. I, I think to your point, it's probably a lot larger conversation, but I mean, again, if you're firing the guy who picks the players, Yes, it's about the players, but then you're saying it's not about the players. It's about the guy picking the players. So which? Well, you're which, siding which, which with the coaching, right? You're siding with the coaches. No, you're the always, coaches are yes. in your ear. The yes. coaches are in the ownership ear saying, hey, we, we're not doing great this year in, in at this, 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 and this, but it's not yeah. our fault. We got to get better people, and this guy won't give us better people. Well, the number, and here's the, the thing I would agree with on Amy, Amy Adams-Strunk. If it was a decision that she had to make one or the other, again, I'm not suggesting that's what it was, 
But hypothetically, if it was, I think we all agree she picked the right one. I mean, yeah. the, the head the head coach is harder to replace and harder to find than the GM is. And so you keep the guy who is great at his job and is a great head coach. I think you keep him first and foremost. So that's a lot longer conversation, but I agree with you. I would I, I'm, I'm, I would keep Vrabel over Robinson if I had to choose. I just think it's a pretty good team, at least on the outside looking in. I, I guess my, my last question here is, do you – do you agree with the sentiment that personnel shortcomings are more to blame for this team's struggles right now than the people they have running the show in the coaching department? I, I, I mean, probably, but again, I think it's a longer conversation. I would say it's both, but I would say their personnel shortcomings on offense are the cons- are, are certainly a concern. Yeah. All right, Braden. We thank you for your time today. A very busy day for everybody in national media. Appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back soon. <laughs> Always a pleasure, boys. Good talking to you. All right, thanks to Braden for chatting with us for a little bit. That's going to be it for today. Of course, it won't be the end of the John Robinson conversation on this show. We'll talk about it, I think, at length on Friday, definitely with James Foster. He'll have some thoughts, maybe another guest I have in mind to potentially come in and chat with us about that. Before you go, real quick, if you have not left a subscription, uh, a subscription, if you have not subscribed to the show, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or wherever you get your good podcasts. You need to do that. Quit listening to these a la carte. Subscribe and you'll, they'll be brought to you. It's like the, the make the machine work for you. Work smarter, not harder. You can also then leave us on Apple Podcasts a rating and a review, which takes 10 seconds. It's at the bottom of the feed. If you leave us a five-star review and say whatever you want, we will read it out on the show. We are on our hands and knees begging you for these. They help us a lot in selling the show and in promoting the show and the algorithm and all that jazz. So please go and do that. Take 10 seconds of your time to do that. It means a ton to us, and we would love to see what you have to say about the show. All right, that's going to do it for me and JT. Thanks for tuning in to our special emergency version of the pod. We'll be back with you as normal with a somewhat normal show on Friday, James Foster Friday, another potential guest. We'll be talking about all the things revolving around the Titans that don't have to do with this massive John Robinson development, as well as getting back on the horse with the best bet gauntlet. So a bunch coming down the pike on Friday. Until then, I'm Easton Freeze for producer JT. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you Friday.